Hi there, everybody. I'm Scott. Welcome to episode four of Casey Greats. I hope you've been enjoying the shows so far. I know I have. Now, if this is your first one, here's what you need to know. The intent of Casey Greats is to tell inspirational stories of people right here in Kansas City. Great people, just like you and I, that help to make our city the wonderful place that it is. Now, this episode was really a ton of fun to record. I got out of the office for this, got off Skype, and sat down in person with two dog lovers that are bringing a brand new concept in pet and pet owner recreation right here to Kansas City. And I think you'll really like hearing their story because their project is something that everyone in the city can enjoy. Plus, it's going to be a key anchor business for a very underdeveloped resource here in Kansas City, our riverfront. So enough of my rattling. Let's get on to the interview. And But before we start, I do have to ask one favor. Bear with me in this one on some occasional background noises, as our guests for this episode happen to include three rowdy canines as well as a the three of us talking, so it made for a very fitting environment to talk about what these guys are bringing us. I hope you enjoy it. Folks, this is Scott again for another episode of Casey Greats. Dug up some really interesting folks this week for us. Labe Dodell and Dave Hensley. You may have seen some stuff lately about Bar K, a new bar, restaurant, and dog park coming to the Berkeley Riverfront area. And uh, sitting here with them in, in one of their amazing homes down at the plaza to kind of figure out the story here. So guys, thanks for taking time. It's Pleasure to meet you. Yeah, thanks Thanks so much for having us on. We're definitely excited to be here. There's a, a lot that's been going on, uh, you know, recently with this project. But, uh, you know, so it, it's it's been a long time coming. So yeah. it's been planned for quite a while, it sounds. Yeah, we've been working on this literally for years. Really? Yeah, started with a kind of casual conversation, like a lot of ideas do, where we were just sitting around with our dogs you know, wishing there were more opportunities to do fun stuff and recreate with our dogs. And as you know, if you're a dog person, it's fairly limited what you can do. Yeah. And we found ourselves wishing there was a place where it was a park and the dogs could have a great time, but there was also, you know, a cool little bar where the people can have a great time. And uh, that kind of happened enough times to where we said, you know what, we should, we should just build something ourselves. We figured if we're solving a problem for ourselves, there's a good chance we're solving it for a lot of other people too. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's just sitting around on, on different patios and places we'd like to go and, you know, having our dogs on leash. You know, I'd always look down at, at uh, my dogs and think, you know, wow, I wish they'd be having more fun here and they could do <laughs> something. So, you know, I think this solves that. And, and I think it was at one of those times that we were sitting on one of those patios, um, just the name came Bar K. And uh, after that, that really sealed it that we really that was, needed to. That was the breakthrough moment where we're like, that's just too good of a name. We have to build this thing. Out. Yeah, it makes total sense. Now, before I go on, we have other guests here too, but you yeah. may hear some may hear some random noises. What? Who do we have? So they've just settled down. I'm almost hesitant to like call, their, <laughs> call out their names because they may get riled up again. But we got my two dogs. Um, Benji is a three year old Australian Shepherd. He's my crazy one, and then Bear, who's an eight year old Shepherd mix, who's my rock. He's the super chill one. 
Yeah, and then uh, I've got Bishop here, and Bishop's a six-year-old uh, black golden doodle, and I heard somebody call him Phantom Doodles the other day, so I thought that sounded pretty cool. <laughs> this, that is pretty cool. It's well, this is where Star Dave, Wars dog, right? This is where Dave usually tells a story of our history with dogs and how it began. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's actually kind of one of those those weird coincidences. Lave and I had been introduced by friends kind of in a social setting, and... Uh, one day, I called up Lave after I decided to get a puppy, never having talked to him before about getting a dog, and he'd never talked to me about uh, you know, wanting to get a dog for himself either. And I called him up and I said, hey, Lave, guess what? And everyone asked what I just did, and um, he said, well, you know what, why don't you guess what? And it so happened that we both got our first puppies on the exact same day. <laughs> and never having talked about it previously, so it was very strange. Small world. Yeah, so that kind of set in motion, like, all these other, like, ch- chain of effects that led to us sitting here today. That was, was that eight years ago, right? Seven or eight years ago, probably. Yeah, and I, I think it makes you think, you know, any person who gets their puppy for the first time, you start thinking, well, can I bring my dog to the places I normally go? Absolutely. And that was what we started doing, and, you know, and not didn't always go off the wrong. So. <laughs> yeah, I think we got yelled at a lot as we're, we're trying. You to can see. get away with it at like Home Depot and Lowe's, maybe, but yeah. you know, until they pee on something, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but I know there's some restaurants that are kind of dog friendly, but they're pretty limited. And like, it's what ninety some degrees out, you can end up on the patio, right? Exactly, so yeah. that's not cool. Yeah, literally, it's tough. And so the result is that dogs end up staying at home, like you know, wait, wait too much from our perspective. And so we we wanted to create something where the dogs and the owners could, you know, both equally participate in the activity. The dogs can get much-needed recreation. The people can get much-needed recreation. You know, we're, we're all about kind of wellness and the outdoors and, um, you know, that kind of a lifestyle. And that, that's really what Barquet is about. Well, and it seems like the location that you guys have, have fixed on down at Bar- or Barkley, that would make sense. <laughs> well, give, it time, give it time. Maybe uh, they may change. Um, but down at the riverfront... It, it makes sense for what's going on there now, uh, to me, tell me if I'm wrong, because you've got a real push for a lot of more urban living in Kansas City that we haven't had in the past, but I've actually seen another initiative to turn an empty space down in the market area there near the riverfront into a dog park, because you've got a lot of people there that are animal lovers, but nowhere to take their dogs. so. Location-wise, it seems like the perfect fit as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of dog uh, owners. There's a lot of residents down in the River Market and active lifestyle people. Uh, there is a dog park that went in down there. Uh, they actually, uh, Mark Rollins, uh, you know, who's in my neighborhood. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> that's where I heard it about it. Right. Okay, so you're talking about that same one. Yeah. So, so that's where they took a patch of land. It was actually owned by Moda, Missouri Department of Transportation, because it abuts the highway. Um, and Mark did an amazing job and raised the money through the, I think it's called the River Market Community Improvement District. Mm-hmm. They raised the money and they built a great little dog park down there right in front of Cold Storage Lots. We, we actually go there with our yeah, dogs all the time. Favorites. In no, fact, years ago when we were you know, looking for properties, we talked to Mark about the possibility of building Barquet on that exact on one. That one. Now, it's a little smaller than what you guys ended up, It right? was smaller, but we still thought we could make it work. It's about an acre, and our lot is more than twice that size. We thought we could make it work. The obstacle there was that Moda has a rule against alcohol sales on property that they own, so it just became too complicated. But yeah. you know, Mark became a good friend. In fact, we were just we were just emailing him about something the other day. So uh, <laughs> that that's a great amenity to to the River Market to have that there. Oh, that's cool. He's yeah. a uh, humble guy. He, he, he didn't uh, 
didn't indicate that he kind of drove that project, so that's good to know. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure that was yeah, his, that was baby. his baby, and you know, and I think it represents there's a lot of people in you know in Kansas City who really care about pets and are trying to to do right and create green spaces, but you know, it becomes difficult to to do that. I mean, we love our dog parks in Kansas City, and those are you know a lot of those are based on uh, volunteers you know who work hard to improve those and maintain those. Uh, you know, we're we're hoping to create an environment where you know, part of the, I guess, the membership uh, to the, the dog park actually helps support uh, improvements to our dog park. Makes sense. And, you know, I don't know, when I, when I looked into what you guys are doing and, you know, around the country there have been a few different models of it in, I think I saw one in Raleigh and Denver that actually may have focused more on the, the drinking than the dogs. Exactly and right. surprise, it closed down. Um, but it seems to me like project-wise, a lot of people love this, not just because they're pet owners, but as far as economic development goes, this is a new thing. It's a new niche, so it's not like you're going to compete against someone and you know reduce jobs over here while you create more jobs over there. This is completely new. These are new jobs in the community that you're creating by bringing a new project here, and that's pretty strong. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's pretty cool. And you're, you're 100% right. We... We don't feel like we're really competing against anything because of the uniqueness of the of the concept. And we spend a lot of time talking about how we want to be properly balanced between the dog park element of this and the bar restaurant element of this. And that has a lot of that, that kind of permeates the entire business model and has a lot of consequences. For example, you know, early on we were really more focused on the dog park. And we thought, well, you know, we don't have to provide a five star food and beverage experience because there's nowhere else where people can go and have a dog park and even get a bottle of water. So as long as we have anything to offer, we're going to be ahead of the game and we realize that would be a good kind of recipe for failure. Yeah. We need, especially in a town like this, which has so many great you know, restaurants and cocktail culture that we need to offer a really quality bar restaurant experience along with the dog park experience. Otherwise, it just feels like a snack bar. Exactly. Right? And some of the other places that you refer to around the country that we visited that's what it feels like. So there's a place in, in Dallas, for example, that we really like. It's a great facility, mm-hmm. and it accomplishes exactly what it sets out to do, but it's, there's, it's not indoor seating. It's a walk-up counter, and it feels more like a snack bar. And so yeah. we, we really kind of want to have the best of both elements. Yeah, and to your point, I think, you know, really, obviously, well-researched. Uh, but, yeah, the, the place in Denver was the, the opposite of that. You know, like you said, it was a, a bar... Basically, the size of everybody's. <laughs> hey, they didn't like it either. So. Yeah, I know, exactly. I mean, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it basically had you know the size of somebody's backyard. A ground was was for the dog the dog store. So <laughs> <laughs> this is perfect. So yeah, obviously the dogs have their opinion on that, uh, but we think you know I think Lade said it perfectly. It's trying to find a, a good balance between that because it really has to be a fantastic experience for both the dog and the owner. Well, it becomes a different experience, I imagine. I'm guessing the vision is more of, you know, this is a this is an evening out event to go here. It's not, hey, it's Saturday afternoon, let's take the dog to the park and yeah, I think we can both get a beer. Those, I think we want it to could be either, those, though, right? Either of those things, right? We, we always say to each other that we want people, even if they don't have a dog, but, hey, we heard there's this cool new place on the riverfront, let's go check it out. And we want those people to have a great experience, you know, just dining or drinking and soaking in the atmosphere and maybe watching the dogs play, but it doesn't have to be... Just about, you know, I need to take my dog out. Sure. Well, you know, what if what if there's somebody that's considering it? 
Yeah. You know, I mean, or we think it's going to be a great date night place, right? So, you know, you want to go out with someone, <laughs> once one or the other of you has a dog. I mean, this hits all the bases, <laughs> no pun intended. I mean, you can go out and have a great evening, and, you know, every, everybody wins. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. No, I, well, I was just going to you know, add to that. If you look at it, it's tempting whenever you open a, a dog, I guess, focused business, you know, to really try to, to speak to the people that are, you know, the enthusiasts for, for that. You know, but if you look just at the general population, fifty to sixty percent of those people have dogs anyway. You know, so we're trying to build percent of them eat and drink. That's right. So we're trying to, to cater to the, the entire population. Half of those people, you know, at a minimum have have dogs. Yeah. You know, so instead of building a you know an environment that only caters to those people who are really dog crazies like we are, uh, we need to build an environment that caters to everybody. Well, then you have two two standalone things that can be used. You got the park, you got the, the restaurant, and that's great if you use them separately, but if you use them together, that's great too. Yeah. So that's a neat vision. It's something different that we definitely haven't seen here. So. Yeah, and one of the elements of it that I'm not sure if we, we talked about is that the our park is going to be staffed. So we're going to have our own employees who are trained in kind of dog behavior, dog supervision, working in the park. <laughs> and, th and that way, if you want to go there and kind of if you want to hang out with your dog in the park, that's awesome. That's Some probably what I would do. can't eat a poodle kind of thing. That's exactly okay, right. Good. At least good. not at our place. Good. Um, but that way, if you want to go into the bar and have a drink and watch a game or work on your laptop and you want your dog to play, you're not going to have to worry that the dog is getting in any trouble because the play will be supervised. That's and great. That, that's a key differentiator for what you get for free at a public park versus what you get at, at well, a membership. Yeah, even what? we've taken our dogs to like Liberty Memorial area uh, before. And yeah. It's, it gets, there's kind of areas of it, you know, down the hill, it's kind of the hood. Clearly these guys need a place to play. <laughs> yeah, they're a little wound up. We've been running the meetings all day, so they're ready to go. Well, I'm just curious. Let me back up a little bit, because, Lade, uh, are you a Kansas City native, or Dave, either one, or? Um, I am not. I, I have been here 11 years. Okay, uh, so. Which is actually the longest I've lived anywhere as a grown-up. But I'm originally now. from the East Coast. Okay. Uh, Maryland. And then, but I actually moved here from San Francisco. So I've been East Coast and West Coast, and now I've been here in the Midwest for over a decade, and I love it here. Landed so in the middle. I just decided to stick around, and this is a great place to start up a business like this for so many reasons. I mean, for, first of all, a lot of people may not know that we're right in the middle of what's called the Animal Health Corridor here in Kansas City. So like, like there are a ton of animal health and pet industry businesses in the area from Manhattan, Kansas to like Columbia, Missouri or Springfield, Missouri. Um, something like 60% of the world's pet food is manufactured in that, in that stretch. So, what a perfect place to be creating a business like this. That's Absolutely. Just a, that's just a kind of happy coincidence. Well, we have a lot of, we actually have a lot of um, touches by animal uh, pharmaceutical companies here, right. Beringer Ingelheim, yeah. Bayer, yep. stuff like that. So, there, it's it's bigger than most people realize. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. Yeah, so it's just a, that's just a perfect situation for us. Yeah. Plus, the size of this community, I mean, if, if we were in a New York or in LA, it would be hard for just the two of us on our own to you know, find two acres of attractive oh, real estate, build something like this, that would be really difficult. And yeah. Kansas City is just the right size where it's big enough to support a business like this, but it's small enough where, you know, two people who wanted to be entrepreneurial could move the needle and get, get it done. Yeah, and it's a, it's a relationship town, too, you know, where you, you, you find people that, that want to see you succeed. You know, they're not just leaving you out on an island and, hey, good luck out there, you know, hope you, hope you can survive. Um, Kansas City's not that town, you know, it's relationships, and, and that's, 
you know, the relationships that we've made in this town over the past, you know, 10 plus years uh, have helped us in this project. Uh, you know, I originally was from a little town near Wichita and uh, kind of moved around a little bit, but I spent uh, 10 years here and uh, some time out in Colorado. And it's funny because, you know, everybody looks at Denver and I, I love Denver. It's a great town, but everybody looks at it as this kind of Mecca place to go. And I'm always saying, you know, Kansas City is just... You know, I, it's such a great town. People are, you know, really kind, and there's a lot of culture here uh, where I, I think a lot of those things are overlooked, and I'm okay with that. You know, I yeah. think all of us here are kind of okay with that because we've got this kind of hidden gem here in Kansas City, and so for us to be able to launch a really unique business that's not seen anywhere else here in Kansas City, you know, it's perfect. I think we've seen a lot of that in the last couple of years. Those really unique businesses, be they tech startups or just local things like this, that people do want to carry to other cities. And I think this is going to be one of them because the model is important. Not just throwing together, you know, a snack bar and a dog park, but the model of everything, at least from the plans you guys have put out, from the quality of it to the green aspect. You know, yep. using the natural shade of the uh, Heart of America Bridge as part of that structure. Not the structure, but the yeah. area. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're going with kind of a more of a shipping container facility, uh, a yep. build? Yep, we're going to build it at a repurposed shipping containers, which will give it that kind of, you know, modern industrial aesthetic, which will be perfectly in keeping with That'll that fit there. location. So. Um, plus, we also, like, we, we put a lot of thought into... The dog, the dog element of it, and so we put together a panel of, of dog trainers in town that we've become friendly with over the years to advise us on the design of the park, to make sure that the flow works and there aren't areas where dogs are going to feel trapped or cornered and that could cause conflict. So we're really trying to think through you know, all those elements of that. You know, Having water stations and washing stations and play equipment and all that stuff, we want to get that right. I mean, we, we, we were just saying the other day, we want this to be like Disneyland for dogs. You know, we want the dogs to, when, when you are ready to come to Barquet and you say to your dog, hey, you want to go to Barquet, we want the, that dog to be jumping up and down and running in circles to get in the car to, to come to So the make it a real treat for them. Yeah. Well, likewise, you know, we had an event uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, we called it a Barquet pup-up, and then we also had a, a 5K. Uh, but for us, that was a, an opportunity to kind of, introduce the concept, introduce the area to people. And uh, it was just a tremendous success. We had uh, 30 vendors there, uh, we had food trucks and, and beer nice. and wine. Uh, we had a number of the, the local adoption uh, facilities. Uh, we had our own dog park that we, temporary dog park that we set up there. Uh, in, in that we had about 700 people and uh, 300 dogs that attended this and it went off without a hitch. That's huge. Uh, but one of the things we, we heard back were some of the small things that really it takes a lot of work um, as a even a business owner to uh, to do but one of those we wanted to provide recycling for this event you know we had some people get back to us and say you know thank you for doing that uh, you know because the amounts of waste that we could build on just an event like that yeah and and for us it was really a way to demonstrate to people this is how we're going to run Barquet. you know we want it to be socially responsible and we're going to you know take the extra steps and do the extra work um, to, to be that and to represent that to the public. Okay, so silly question. And I was thinking about this on the way down here as far as, I don't know if it goes to recycling. I think I know where you're going with this. Okay, I think you know. Where's it all going to go? Well, we've actually, we've actually <laughs> thought about composting. I mean, there, there is an option of, you know, you can compost dog waste. And, okay. 
you know, you can turn it into, you know, usable usable fuels and gases and so forth. Now, we, we have not researched that exhaustively. Well, I know. But, but we do want to come up with yeah. an environmentally progressive way of, of using it. Because you're right, we're going to produce a lot of it. So we might as well, we might <laughs> hey, as well figure folks, out if you didn't catch on, we're talking about dog poop here. <laughs> but, uh, we might as well figure out a way to do it. And, you know, even to the pla- even to the bags. I mean, you know, you can get plastic bags yeah. or you can get environmentally recyclable bags or biodegradable bags. And, you know, that, those are the kinds of details that we want to be really thoughtful about. Well, and there's some science behind it there because I know there's a different, yeah, just from a very loose upbringing near a lot of farms, there's a different nitrogen content, different chemical content to different forms of waste. And I don't believe right immediately dog waste versus, you know, cow manure is an excellent fertilizer. I could be wrong, but it may have to be treated in certain ways. So, yeah, that's, that's a great question. And again, what a great place as far as resources to find somebody to help with that. Absolutely. Yeah, if any listeners out there know anything about environmentally progressive uses of dog poop, by all means, get in touch with us. You know, <laughs> yeah, just give us the address where to send it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just <laughs> take pick a, it up every Monday morning. Take a <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, just so you guys have been working on this kind of behind the scenes, you know, loosely, it sounds like for uh, yeah. five years or so. I'd say three years in earnest. Yeah. Okay. And then I would, maybe a year where we just said, okay, this is our full time job, is making this happen. It's a little scary. We both had careers that we decided to walk away from so that we could really devote full-time attention to this. Now, what are you coming from? Both business backgrounds, it sounds like? Yeah, pretty much my background is as as a lawyer, um, and then I was in the insurance industry for many years running running specialty insurance businesses. Okay. And it was a great career. You know, it helped helped pay for this house on the plaza, but I I wouldn't say I was, like, skipping to work every day. So, you know, I'm an old guy now. I'm 52 years old. So I'm like, oh. I'm thinking to myself, it's now or never. You know, if I'm going to do something kind of fun and crazy, like that's the time to do it. Sure. So, you know, I'm fortunate to have, like, to be in a situation where it's not, not that I'm like wealthy, but I don't have kids going to college or anything like that. So <laughs> I could take a risk and, you know, do something that I'm passionate yeah. about. And, you know, and, and also, you know, we do think this is a great business opportunity. Um, Absolutely. Let me give you an example. So the pet industry. You know, we tried to do a little research on this, and it's hard to get precise numbers because how you define how do you define pet industry? But it's roughly a fifty-three billion dollar industry in the United States. That's all. Um, well, that's a huge number. Wow. I mean, if you put that, <laughs> that is a huge you, number. You know, it's bigger. Than, it's bigger than professional sports. It's bigger than video games. It's bigger than coffee. It's a huge industry. But all that money is going into things like product and toys and treats and pet food and veterinary medicine, and there's nothing, or at least very little. Going into recreation, so to us, that's a huge gap and a greenfield opportunity for a business to come in and say, "Okay, that's our space. We want to create recreational opportunities for people and their pets, and you know, create a lifestyle brand around that. You know, the way you know, a Patagonia or a Nike created a brand that's about this is my this is my lifestyle. This is more than just you know where I go to have a beer. Absolutely. Um, so, so that's kind of how we're trying to position this. And like Dave said earlier, we think if we're successful here, that you know, there's an opportunity to do this in other similarly sized cities around the country. Yeah, and there's something, you know, we haven't uh, you know, mentioned the Port Authority uh, or Port KC, but they've been fantastic to work with. But one of the things that, you know, I think they were excited about was this idea of found space. You know, and as you look at you know, other cities across the country, you know, there, there are, there's found space all over the place. And the, the idea of found space is, is space that wouldn't otherwise be used for development or really anything else. And this area underneath the heart of America Bridge is that found space. So, you know, potentially if we get this right and we figure it out, then we could bring it to other areas and utilize space that otherwise would be just completely 
you know, sitting there yeah, vacant. Go to the municipal, you know, authorities in these cities and say, look, here's the model. We've shown it can work, and you know, find us a, a location in your city where you've got space that's, you know, under something or next to something that just doesn't make it suitable for a, another type of commercial development, but right. work for us, and then everybody wins. That's interesting. Um, you know, so yeah, like Dave said, Port Authority. That's the government agency that owns that riverfront property. They've they've been amazing. They, you know, they instantly saw the value in this model and. They saw the fit with the riverfront, and they've really helped us over the last two years to make this work. That's interesting because one of the one of the base questions I like to ask folks about their projects here is, you know, what do you think it is about Kansas City that's really made it possible to do this, and you know, why is it such a fit? But you guys have brought that out already, and you know, the Port Authority um, and just the culture and things like that. That it's yeah. it is a fit clearly. Yeah. Well, it's a timing thing too. You know, we're we're at a very interesting time, which I again, this is something that we don't talk about a lot. But you know, coming back to the riverfront, you know, and that's kind of what's going on here. And, and if you yes. haven't been down to Berkeley Riverfront Park, you know, they've done a fantastic job to build this beautiful park, and they've done a number of events down there. Casey Crew, uh, you know, a large group that's doing uh, volleyball courts, and and they're they've got a partnership with the Port Authority, so they've got a lot of plans for this riverfront area, and I. Personally, if you look at you know other cities that you know people are drawn to, there usually is some type of waterfront problem. Historically, water just draws people. I mean, even if it's artificial, you talk about the Riverwalk in San Antonio. Oklahoma City did it several years ago by essentially creating an artificial river area. People don't care. It draws them to it. And I think Berkeley's horrendously underused for the last several years. It's been sitting there to me. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So you know that's that's one of the things that's so attractive about this. Dave mentioned Casey Crew. Their their volleyball courts just opened last weekend. Um, they built six permanent sand volleyball courts right down there on the. Wonderful. They're on the western edge of. Uh, sorry, they're on the eastern edge of Berkeley okay. Park, and we're on the western edge of the park. So we kind of view ourselves as we've gotten to know those guys really well, and we're kind of the bookends of the park. Those two things just go together. Oh yeah, I mean, and then you know in between they're planning a you know large mixed use residential commercial development. So. You know, in a few years, I mean, that, that could be, you know, one of the most attractive destinations in the whole city. So, any chance that they've come up with the idea that you can come to play a volleyball game, check the dog in a half a mile away, and go play volleyball yeah, and come back? Or, man. I mean, we've talked about go that. Far. We've talked about that exact thing. So, there's so many, there's, you know, <laughs> one, of, one of our challenges has been to rein ourselves in because there's so <laughs> many things we could do. You know, we yeah. should have daycare. We should have we should have office space. So if you need to rent an office for a couple of days or an hour, you can come and bring your dog. And you know, we should put a bed and breakfast down there because we're right on I seventy. So people who are driving across the country and have a dog could stop for the night and stay in a dog friendly B and B with a dog park sure. and a You know, we've had to say, okay, like let's slow down. Let's really execute on these yeah. elements of the dog park and the restaurant. Get that right. And then we'll have the luxury to be able to add some sure, it's, opportunity to come up. You're definitely going with a little bit more than just a minimum viable product because to me that's the snack bar vision. And I think that's probably the right way to go because it's easy to it's easy to ignore something like the smallest. But this like you said, it's it's something that everybody can enjoy and I love that. But hey now, none of that. <laughs> we won't we won't describe on radio what's happening what's dying for it's a good thing this is not video how obscene there bishop 
Dogs are uh, unruly, unruly guests. Well, this is our okay. this is our life now. But you know, this is I think this is kind of a dream life. You know, when you imagine, yeah. all right, going to work every day. Uh, you know, like Blake said, you know, his other his, he wasn't skipping to work, and this is one of those where you skip to work with your companion. You He's running alongside you. Yeah, Absolutely. and that's fun. You know, that's and, so cool. and we're planning to do a lot of uh, you know events that you know maybe. Uh, Theme nights, you know, with different breeds. Oh, um, that's great! You know, yeah. and, and then doing uh, a weekly 5K. Uh, we actually did a 5K at our event, and uh, you know, those people uh, who came out and braved the heat with that. But it was a lot of fun, <laughs> and the great. course was beautiful, and it was it was such a way to introduce the riverfront and the whole path that uh, you know Kansas City River Trails yeah. has worked really hard on. Yeah, we designed our own 5K course that kind of went under all three bridges down on the riverfront, and it was just, I think people really enjoyed that. So we also want to have educational events, you know, because there are a lot of people that have dogs that just, you know, they don't have the time or the inclination to really learn about dog behavior in any detailed way. So sure. if we can bring in, have a speaker series and bring in the people that have written or studied dog behavior and do a seminar once a month for free for our guests to come and, and learn, that's the kind of stuff we think we can do and really create a community around Barkay, a community of people that really want to understand their animals and commune with them in a, in a different kind of way. Um, so that's what gets us excited. Well, I, I think everybody that I've talked to about it is excited about it. I mean, number one, the location, an underused place that's beautiful in our city, and it's in proximity to one of the busiest, most growing areas in the city. But it doesn't shut out those of us that may live in the Northland, for example. Because exactly. it's, you know, from Parkville where I live, it's maybe 15 minutes to get down there. Yeah. I'll happily throw my dog in the in the back seat of the truck to get down there. And now you've got a nice, around. relatively new dog park in Parkville, right? Have you, have we you do. Gone to that? Yeah, Platte yeah. Landing, yeah. yeah. And it is. And, you know, it's nice. But it's just a field right. with a fence. Not much shade. <laughs> There's no shade. Yeah. But it's a great facility. Yeah. There's no question there is. But when there's more to it, I think people are really going to embrace it. So it's well, really neat. Yeah. So lots of dog talk. But I always, I always kind of like to get a little bit different from folks, too, and wonder, what would you guys say with Kansas City, native or not, what are some... Uh, some hidden gems that you like around town that maybe you think people should know more about? Oh, man. Yeah, you want to go first? I mean, I've got a million of them. I should warn people. They're always befuddled at that question. They never knew which way to go. You know, that's, oh, I know that's a really a tough one, but, uh, you know, obviously we're, we're huge fans of, uh, you know, the Rieger and Manifesto, and I don't, sure. you know, to non-Kansas City people, that may be kind of a hidden gem. Kansas City people know really yeah. well now, but, uh, you know, Incidentally, we're uh, working with Ryan maybe on a cocktail menu, um, you know, for our, our bar. So we're, we're fortunate to, to be friends with him. Uh, yeah, I, I would say you know I've lived, I said before, at East Coast, West Coast, and you know when I talk to my friends about that, and I, you know when I told people I'm moving from San Francisco to Kansas City, people would kind of condescendingly <laughs> say I'm sorry or you know did you lose a bed or that kind of thing. And the joke's really on them because you know I could never replicate my lifestyle. You know I live in a in a, in a beautiful home. You know, I'm steps from the plaza, I'm steps from Loose Park, yeah. and I'm never in traffic, and I drive somewhere, I park, and I go in. I mean, these things that we take for granted here in Kansas City. The whole city's are, a bit of a hidden gem. Yeah, absolutely. Our sources of huge aggravation in, in bigger cities. And I think, like I said before, to, to me, the ability to, to sort of move the needle on projects in a city of this size is what's attractive to, to me. Like, I've gotten involved in a lot of nonprofit stuff in town. You know, on the board of an organization called the Urban League, which mm -hmm. kind of help, really helps 
a lot of people in the inner city um, get equal access to opportunity. And you know, you can do stuff. I'm, I'm very active in Big Brothers. My dog, the one that's not crazy, is a therapy dog <laughs> through an organization for Pets for Life, and we go into charities. And I just think this is a city that has a real culture of volunteerism, right? Um, plus, just people don't people outside of Kansas City don't understand what we have going on here from a food standpoint. It's not just about barbecue. It's you know, yeah. restaurants in this city that are every bit as good as in San Francisco and New York and Chicago. And people kind of sneer at that, but it's absolutely true. There may not be as many of them, but top restaurants here are every bit as good as top restaurants in any of those cities. As an art destination, I mean, this city is, you know. People don't realize how good the Nelson just by itself is. The Nelson is a world-class museum, but then also at the kind of grassroots level, just our artist community here with First Friday and the Art Institute and all that, the other things that go on. As a music City. Yeah, guys like Stretch down at Grinders. Yeah, Stretch and what he's doing, the, the sculpture gardens. I mean, it's just it's just an incredible city, I think, to live in. So, you know, I've been I've been extremely happy here. Well, we're glad to have you guys, man. Yeah, native yeah. or not, it doesn't really matter. Kansas counts. No matter if it's <laughs> known or which, we can call you sure native. Yeah. <laughs> so now we just got to get this thing built. You know, I mean, we're in we're in fundraising mode now, right? I mean, okay. we put a lot of our own money into this, and um, we've got some investors, but. One way that folks can help or you know get involved in this community that we're trying to build is we've got a crowdfunding campaign going on. Okay, which site so are you guys using? Indie, it's on Indiegogo. Okay, and so it's just under Bar K Dog Bar. Really, it's Great. Bark Dog Bar one word. And if you just search for that, you'll find it on there. And um, you know, it's not it's not as much about raising money as it's just getting people excited about the project. There's sure. lots of perks on there. You know, ranging from you know just getting a Bar K T-shirt to you can prepay your membership because I, I don't know if we explained that. This is going to be a membership-based club for the dogs, like so a dog gym. A dog, a dog gym is a great way to look at it because we want anybody can come in and enjoy the bar and the restaurant. But for the dogs, you're going to buy a membership, and that's for a couple of reasons. That allows us to make sure we do some screening of the dogs to make sure that they're vaccinated, that they're properly socialized, right? Um, and also, just frankly, to sort of subsidize all the expenses of maintaining the park. Sure, we're going to have staffing in the park. We're going to have landscaping and, and so forth. Not just having it be a free-for-all is, is a big deal. Absolutely. To have trained so, staff and things. Yeah, That's so, so the, we think that the membership when we open in the spring will be $149 a year, which is pretty modest, right? But on the Cindy Gogo campaign, you can prepay it now for 100 bucks. So that gives us some capital up front and it allows people that know they're going to do it anyway to get a discounted membership. It. So we kind of think it's a win-win. And there's lots of other things on there. You can you can prepay like a happy hour for your friends and, and their dogs. You can... <laughs> get a photo session right in the park and, and a couple other fun things. So we tried to make it fun for people. So we definitely encourage people to check that out. Very cool. Is there, are there any other, you, you've given us the site, you've given us the Indiegogo. We'll put those in the show notes so people can just click and go. That'd be great. Are there any other, uh, there's Facebook page, things yep. like that, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Twitter. It's pretty much all at Bark Dog yeah, Bar. Exactly. Uh, it's all under Bark Dog Bar. We okay. To be, you know, active on Twitter. Please follow us. We, we try to make our you know posts interesting and informative and yeah and it's really too about you know building a community I and mean, we, we could wait until we open our doors to say now we want to build our community but the community already exists sure you know so now it's all right let's bring everybody together and, and hopefully we find people that support this and you know when we open our doors now we have people that are coming there and all right they're having their you know hosting their meetings and dog birthday parties and those type of things so it's, you know it's never too really really to build that community and that's no I mean people are going to anticipate great things yeah. and 
just uh, to kind of wrap, when do you guys think, uh, what's, what are kind of your target dates as far as things to yeah, happen so, and getting so done? So the lease was just signed okay. um, two, two weeks ago. Um, we've got to get through kind of the city approval process, um, which is challenging, but, but the city's been great. And we've, we've met initially with all the agencies involved, and everyone's they, given us They comments. obviously want stuff like this to happen. Yeah, you think yeah. so, and it's complicated because, it's, like Dave said, there's no blueprint for this, right? It's not like the city can say, oh, yeah, dog park, bar, restaurant, here's the model for how to do that. So it's, it's complicated, but we're confident we can get that done, and then we start building, and so, you know, we're hoping by spring we can have this thing open and ready to go, which would be really just super Fantastic. exciting yeah and people ask us like well is it going to be year round you know kind of and, and the answer is heck yeah we, 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 for... we think winter I mean you know we think winter is actually going to be one of the most appealing times to go because in the summer you know you can get your dog out but in the winter people really struggle to get their dog out enough when it's sure. cold outside and so for us you know that offer a facility where you know you can let your dog play in the park and go inside and have a hot chocolate or a you know drink or we'll have out heated outdoor seating. I mean, that's a pretty attractive option in the winter. And if it's snowing, you can sit under the bridge and have a hot chocolate and watch the snow come down while your dog's playing. I mean, how, like how great does that sound, right? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah and, uh, you know, it, to speak to Lake's point in the wintertime, you know, part of the reason I think people don't go as much to the, the dog parks isn't just the cold. It's because nobody else is there. Sure. Part of the reason you, I mean, you want to bring your dog to a dog park is to socialize the dog so they can exercise. Socialize yourself. And you know, we're going to be able to provide that in the wintertime where the humans will be comfortable, so they'll bring their dogs, and now you can say, all right, I know that there's a place where there are other dogs where my dog can play with. Absolutely. Then you can take them home, and they're worn out, and they actually sleep versus running around the house. You tear <laughs> I know. Them out. Seriously, like how many times if you're a dog owner, have you, like, you've gone out for the evening with your friends, right? You, you come home, and you're tired, and you know, you've had a couple of drinks, and all you want to do is go to sleep, and the dog's looking at Staring you. you, at you. Got, like, i got to let my dog out, so you're, you're right. You can kill two birds with one stone. And That's you, great. Come home and everybody's happy. Yeah, you should see the event page for uh, our bar cake pop up, which is you know we've already had that event, but afterwards we had uh, tons of uh, oh, yeah. you know the, the people who came who posted pictures and videos of their dogs them. and their dogs just like <laughs> on a pillow or in a weird position in the corner of the house, you know, and they're like, okay, so this per, you know this dog slept dog. for two days, and yeah. and that to us, I mean, that just brings a smile on my face because I know personally, just if if Bishop is uh, you know pooped then he's had a good time doing something <laughs> there's actually some cool we had a drone um do some video footage at that event so if you go to it's on the page right yeah great the event page for the pub yeah, yeah we can link to the past event. yeah i think casey yeah. Hovercam is that about yeah, yeah, yeah. Called. so if you go onto their site it's it's really awesome. fun to watch i'll have to check it out that was a you said seven other people 300 dollars. yeah july yeah. 10th it was really we didn't know what to expect because right again there's been no blueprint for them we were just blown away by the response and it was a and it was like dave said a brutally hot day i mean if we had had an 80 degree day who knows how many people would <laughs> you know you know overflow yeah. yeah well guys uh i think i've probably taken enough of your time thank you so much for for letting me come down and chat about it and hey the more people we can tell about it the better you know let's just get the word out Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate having us on. Awesome. And to all of your listeners, I just want to say I'm I'm incredibly impressed with your research. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. No, it's true. Most people kind of have no idea what we're even talking about. And you've clearly put a lot of thought into it. You know, a little bit of interwebs. (laughs) So, thanks again, guys. Thank you. Well, 
If you're a dog owner or dog lover, I know you're as excited as I am to see this project start. Don't forget, go help make it happen by visiting the Indiegogo campaign and donating if you can. Help show Labe and Dave that not only are we all excited for this, but we're in it with them as well. That's a Kansas City way of acting. You can find a link to the Bar K site and the campaign, Facebook page, etc. in the show notes, just like always. So, another episode in the books. Thanks again to everyone who supported us, listened, and shared with friends. And if you can, do me a favor. If you have enjoyed this, please do share it with someone and help spread the word about this great project as well as the others that we've covered. And finally, if you know someone whose story would be great for us to tell, let me know. You can always send a message to scott at caseygreats.com. I hope you like this one as much as I enjoyed making it for you. I'll see you next time.